I'm your producer, Todd Bartu, and this is Offshore Explorer. Offshore Explorer looks at the world from the mariner's point of view, port by port. Together, we share stories that detail the important intersections between sailing culture and life, past, present, and future. Coming up on today's episode, a dispatch from Lisbon, as we are joined by author, journalist, and film producer, Rita Garcia. She shares with us some history on Portuguese independence, the best day to buy fish, and how to grill sardines. But first, let me introduce our host, a lifelong sailor who has traveled the world, raced international 14s, and crossed the Atlantic countless times, a published author who has written for both stage and screen, Mr. Scott Dodson. Hey, happy Memorial Day, Todd. Happy Memorial Day to you. Where are you? Um, we're just, uh, we're out in Marina del Rey in Los Angeles, California. Uh, we've been doing a little bit of sailing today and, um, just came back in to, uh, file a quick, uh, intro to our new podcast. Uh, I bet the weather is nice out there this, uh, Memorial Day weekend as we're recording this. Yes, it's beautiful. It's classic Southern California. Um, we've got a nice 15 knot wind blowing west, almost dead west. So uh, it's it made for good sailing. So what do we have on today's episode? Today's episode is, um, is a special one for me. I'm doing an interview with Rita Garcia. Rita uh, lives in Lisbon, Portugal. And one of the things that when you sail around, you get to meet a lot of people. And you get to make a lot of friends in a lot of different ports. And Rita is uh, a wonderful contact in Lisbon. She is um, a journalist, a film producer. Um, all, she's, she's a jack of all trades and she's a wonderful historian. And I just thought it would be nice to uh, introduce her and introduce a little bit of Portugal to our audience today. Uh-huh. And and why Portugal? Oh, Portugal was the the first country to begin the age of geographical discovery. Uh Vasco da Gama, uh Henry the Navigator. It has as a country a very 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 strong history of mariners. Um going around Africa sailing around the world, having colonies spread all over the place from Brazil to Macau. Um, it really is a testament to the Portuguese people. And one of the reasons that they were driven towards doing that kind of exploration was because they were relatively isolated on the west coast of Europe, on the Iberian Peninsula. And it favored them to become a sailing nation. They're also a great nation of fishermen. And as many people will find out in the, the podcast, um, America is very, very indebted to the Portuguese fishermen. Wow. Okay, so let's take it away, Scott. Thank you, Todd. 
Today we're going to have an interview with Rita Garcia. She's a professional book author, a creative producer, translator, extraordinaire. She's an award-winning journalist. She has extensive knowledge and experience of the film and video world. And in fact, we first met putting together Offshore Explorer television show in which we feature Portugal, and she's our lead producer on the ground. She's impressive with her knowledge of history and social and cultural aspects of our country, as well as many other places. She's on the in. She knows who the great artists are at the time, who's hot, who's not. She's really the kind of person you want to bump into at a bar and just get the whole lowdown on what's happening in this country. And I like to do this because we all love to sail. We sail into port after port after port. And we love to meet this kind of person because they can guide us. They can show us. They can introduce us. They can connect us to the community and what's going on. Because, after all, the journey is one thing, but arriving and learning and beginning another journey on land with different peoples is, enough, is, a, is a wholly different thing. So, I want to introduce Rita Garcia. So, Rita, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Hello, my name is Rita Garcia. I am a film fixer. I am a former journalist, a book author, a writer, and I'm getting more and more involved in the copywriting business. I am also a foodie and very enthusiastic about my country, Portugal. Uh, well, first of all, how has Portugal dealt with COVID? Uh, very uh, uh, Up until now, very well. Um, we were, um, because we are... We are the westernmost country. Uh, we we sort of took advantage of uh, of our location, mm -hmm. and uh, we locked down before the others, mm -hmm. before some of the others. So when things started to become very very ugly in Italy and in Spain, um, the government decided to lock down. But even before the the government decided to lock down the civil society lockdown itself. So, um, for instance, in Italy, in, in Greece, and in Spain, and there were very, very strict rules. Mm -hmm. uh, you couldn't go out without a paper. You couldn't... For us, there was never... Uh, we were never forbidden to go out. Right. It was more of um, a civil duty to stay in. So there was just... A couple of weekends where we couldn't change council, we right. couldn't change municipality. Uh -huh. Other than that, uh, we had a civil. There was there was a state of emergency declared by the president, right. which is really it hadn't happened ever. I think before ever since democracy. Uh, so it was it's it's really something exceptional. Um, but uh, but but. People really behave, so people uh, understood and, and they stayed in 
and for I think the first I mean like a month and a half almost two months everyone stayed in everyone stayed in and now we are uh, in the process of going out starting to go out the first 15 days have gone well we we have some cases we have I think we are near uh, we're nearly with 30,000 cases mm-hmm. at the moment but we have one of uh, we have a very very high rate of uh, tests per million of inhabitants uh, right. mm-hmm. which which means that our numbers are quite high but it means also that they're high because we test a lot of people yeah of course Mm. Um, yeah. And we have, uh, I think it's uh, a, a little more than a thousand people dead. Well, uh, we're doing three thousand a day here, but yeah. it's a much larger population, and yeah, of course, it's a very terrible situation the way the government is handling it. Yeah, uh, it's just it's a mess. It's it's truly a mess. I found it interesting that one of um, historically Portugal sort of avoided the black death or the plague Mm -hmm. um, back in the day because you were literally isolated. Yeah. We we closed borders this time. We closed borders with Spain. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, The the borders are still closed. And I think they Mm -hmm. will be for another, I think another, at least another month um, or another couple of months. I'm not sure. Um, Which uh, it hadn't happened for... For, for I think over forty years or something like that. So mm. they, they we the, the borders are just open for um, for goods for for uh, right. travel for, for bringing in stuff, uh, but not for people to travel. Is the uh, is the port open? Uh, not for foreigners to come in. No. Oh. So wow. no cruise liners. No. Yeah. Well, I not, don't think the cruise is going to come back very, very yeah. strong, although they're booking uh, for July, the end of July and August, I understand, which is a bit of, uh, I don't know, it's just, it'd be hard to get me on one of those cruise ships to start oh, with, God, no. but to get get on one uh, with, with COVID going on. I just wanted to, let me switch up um, to another um, to another topic, because one of the things that I always talk about is like the soul of Portugal, which mm-hmm. is, I always call it, you know, the soul of Portugal is fish. You know, there's, <laughs> there's this tradition, you know, because, yeah. you know, if you think about it, it's, it's, it's really quite amazing um, that Rhode Island in the United States was founded and first settled by Portuguese fishermen who were working on the Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. They, it was just easier for them to sail to America and stay. So uh, R- Rhode Island, and of course, Rhode Island was named after uh, Rhodus, Greece, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I forget the the sailor who went by and said, oh, that kind of looks like Rhodes. Okay, we'll call it Rhodes, Rhode Island. Yeah. And um, so we have this great tradition of Portuguese fishermen well known in the United States. And of course, with all the research I've done, it's suddenly like, you know, that's a, that's a very important aspect mm-hmm. because I would guess that you probably eat far more fish per capita than the United people in the United States do as a rule. Right. Mm-hmm. And I remember us talking about, uh, the best time to get the, uh, the sardines. Yes. Uh, um, 
and and the what was what's that fest? There's a festival that you were you mentioned. And, yes, and it, it, it's in June. It's Saint it, Anthony's. It, it, there, it's not happening this year. Oh, yeah. Man, what a bummer. Um, yes. <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's Saint Anthony's, uh, and but there's, it's not just in Lisbon. It's the it's in general. It's called the Popular Saints. The Popular and, Saints. Yeah, it's the popular saints, and it's uh, it's they're all well during June, and in in Lisbon it's the the thirteenth, so it's the the night of the twelfth to the thirteenth. In Porto is the the night to the twenty third to the twenty fourth, and it's St John's. Mm-hmm. In Sintra, just outside Lisbon, is the twenty eighth. <laughs> so there's. There is a number of... Uh, that, everybody could go to everyone's festival. Yeah. Exactly. But for instance, in Lisbon, the city, it's, it's just the, the feasts of Lisbon, Lisbon Festival or whatever. And since the beginning until the end of June, usually you go to the old neighborhoods and there is this, these uh, fest, feasts that we call a reais. Mm-hmm. And you see these garlands, very colorful garlands. And there's very, very, it's very simple. It's just these tables and wide, well, wide benches and people just sit down, eat sardines on the bread <laughs> and, uh, and drink beer. And uh, other times it's just grilled pork and, and that's it. Right, that's uh, it. There's no bullshit. It's just, just yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. No, well, that's a. I think that's a fantastic thing because a lot of people that follow me and follow the the podcast, um, they like the historical aspect. They want to know what you, they want to be connected to the people when they go, and you know, like I I've written before is that I ask people to do this little exercise. Like you go outside in your own neighborhood. And you look at little things in your own neighborhood and you say, well, on that corner, I had an argument with an old boyfriend or (laughs) or on that corner. There was a there was a car accident from my neighbor or I remember when they dug up the street. So you have this history. Yeah, you visualize. Yes. Yes. You have this history in your head. So when you travel, okay, you have you all you do is see the place. You mm-hmm. see the stone and, and the cobblestones or whatever it is that you're looking at. And that's all you see. So I'm trying to create uh, an insight, a tool for people when they come to Lisbon that, you know, you are opening up a little door. You're saying, hey, here's the connectiveness like this festival. It's noble. You sit, you eat grilled sardines on the sandwich and drink beer. That appeals to a lot of people, <laughs> not just Portuguese. And there's, there's something else that I can bring up, which is there is this um, there's this guy called Miguel Esteves Cardoso. He's, he he's um he's a very gifted. He used to be a, a journalist himself, and he is now he writes chronicles for for a newspaper called Público, um, and he is a very very gifted writer and very he's he's. He doesn't. It's not that, that he writes uh, novels or stuff. He he's very good at chron- chronicles, mm-hmm. um, and he's also very good at. He's he's a he's very fond of eating, which is very it's which is also very very common in Portugal, uh, and people take and he wrote um, he writes he writes about food very often. But th- there was this interview with with him, and one of the top comedians in in the country, and and he. 
and he spoke about something which is really funny about the Portuguese, which is um, we tend to, for instance, you come to me and you say, oh, I cook the best sardines. Right. And the other, and, and you you start to, you you start explaining how you cook your sardines, and the other one goes, "Oh, you know nothing about sardines. Your sar your sardines are shit. You know nothing <laughs> about this. That's that's your that's a sacrilege. Come on, what's that? For instance, for us, fish and chips is something that <gasps> makes yeah. us right. Fish and chips they don't match for us. Fish yeah. and chips is something that is completely. I mean, how can I? It's like um, water and and oil. They never. They, they don't, don't make. Yeah. They, they don't match. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. That's funny. Well, yeah. I know we were talking. We had talked before a little bit about um, uh, Democracy Day, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and yeah. and you were it's telling good. me about the comedian, and I looked yeah. at, I looked at the videos, and and I'll post all those videos on this too, mm -hmm. and. And the song, which is absolutely beautiful, yeah. but uh, Vils is just—he's extraordinary. He's—he's he he's ridiculous. He I is. mean, you know, in—I uh, have some pictures of some of his stuff. He's got, uh, I think, eight different walls that he's done carvings and stuff on here in Los Angeles. Yeah. So why, don't, why don't you tell us about on because everybody was quarantined, and you have this uh, this famous comedian. And yep. um, he decides he he's yesterday was the last night. Yesterday was the last. Yesterday okay. was the last one. Tell tell the tell the story so the so everybody will kind of grasp it because nobody's going to know who the people are per se, but they'll get what the the coolness of the whole thing is. Well, um, so there is this uh, there is this comedian um, called uh, Bruno Nogueira, and he's. He's really good and really, uh, and people know about him. And everyone in the country knows about him. He he started many many years ago, doing um, doing stand up comedy, and he must be in his uh, late thirties, early forties now. Um, and uh, in the beginning of the quarantine, he 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 started uh, because he was he was alone with the kids. Uh, with his uh, three daughters, uh, his wife was uh, was was um, he's his wife is is an actress. She is um, she was recording. She was uh, she, his wife was um, was recording in London. Was fil she's fil she was filming in in the UK for a Netflix series that has just uh, that has just uh, begun uh, yesterday uh, called White Lines. Uh, and uh, so he was home home alone with with the kids. And uh, I, I, I'm a mother of three, and and I know that uh, being quarantined, and working, and uh, taking care of the house alone, and, uh, alone or with my husband in, in this case, but in his case, being alone, it's it's a lot of work. So mm -hmm. um, he started doing these uh, live events on Instagram, calling other. Comedians and friends and actors and so <laughs> he, he just became we just began the, these very very wild nights very wild <laughs> even in terms <laughs> very wild even in terms of language and it was there were there were no forbidden forbiddens which was 
which was exactly what I think it was. It became so popular because everyone was so fed up with with what was happening that everyone was was in need of, of the, the craziness. You know, right. where there was no problem in swearing, no problem in saying whatever. I don't know. Uh, so for two hours from 11, a, 11 p.m. He, he and his glass of wine um, <laughs> entertained everyone. He just, it was as simple as this. He would call people and uh, he would start asking people very embarrassing questions. Like he would uh, pick one and ask, would you, would you mate that one? And then he would call the other one and, and ask, well, he's, <laughs> he's saying that you would mate him. Well, anyway. So to cut a long story short, um, this became bigger and bigger and bigger. And, and on the 25th of April, uh, which is uh, on the night, night of the 24th, which is the, the, the night when, when our democratic uh, revolution started, uh, the live edition was, was really special because he um, asked uh, some, of his, some of his friends to perform um, acts that would relate to the um, to this uh, to to the revolution. One of them was Nun Lopes, who is who is one of the actors in um, in in White Lines as well mm -hmm. uh, from Netflix. Uh, and the other one was Vils. And uh, so in in this mo there is a moment when you start listening to the song Grandula Vila Morena. That is that was one one of the one of one of the songs that um, started the revolution, which is something very very romantic for for a country to have a song starting a starting a revolution, which means that the military took over the radio and played uh, uh, to play a song that wouldn't let the other military all over the country know that the revolution was starting. So this song uh, started playing. Uh, on this live event on Instagram, and there was Vils, this uh, street artist, uh, this Portuguese street artist, um, carving uh, the face of Zeca Fons, which is the singer of that song, in his own uh, own house, um, finishing finishing the work and the the song with the song in in the background. It was really really emotional. So Bruno Nogueira, the the comedian, started to cry. So all you see is, is, is this, this guy who is usually very, very sarcastic. He starts to cry and he's, he's got very big hands. And all you see is, is this, this guy just tearing his, uh, just <laughs> his tears away. So it, it's, it was really, really special moment. Yeah. <laughs> 
That's amazing. It's it's. I think you get that in a in a in a small country that intimacy of kind of knowing people. Um, it's very hard in a very large country to sort of tie that all into one you know one person doing something like that where everybody is going to see it because there's so much going on in the states. I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of stuff going on that you, it's almost you can't focus on what you need to focus on. So, yeah, that's, I think that's just, that's, I loved when you told me that story. I thought it was an amazing story. And, and I'll play, I'm going to play the music and post the video. I'll put it up on the site so people can see it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and what about, what about the music scene is, do you, is the, um, I saw uh, this girl, was it Pongo? 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 Pongolov. Pongolov. Yes, I, I, um, I saw her uh, that she was getting somewhat, she was getting fairly big with her music. Um, she must be, but, but as far as I know, not as much in, here in Portugal. Mm-hmm. So, because um, um, there was a, after, after Buraca Son Sistema, after they, there, there was this, gr- this group called Buraca Son Sistema some years ago. Yes, I know who they are, yes. Amazing. So, yeah, <laughs> they're really good. And they, some years ago, they split. Mm-hmm. And so Pongo, Pongo was one of the, if, 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 if you're talking about the same Pongo. Yeah. Uh, she was one of the lead singers. But then right. she, uh, then she, uh, she was. Uh, Isn't she, she Brazilian? No, Pongo, I think is Angolan, but I'm not Angolan? sure. Okay. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but then she was uh, she, she she left and then uh, it was Bly- Blaya was the last one. Mm-hmm. And Blaya's got a solo a solo uh, career now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Branco, uh, right. who was in Buraca, has a, a very promising not promising. He's he's it's not that he's promising. He's he's a full artist. Is not is not a promise. He's, yeah. he's more than a promise. <laughs> but well, what I find is very interesting uh, is that I mean you know Portuguese music, uh, small country, but Portugal has really become kind of a giant in the international world music view. I mean, we hear a lot from Portuguese artists all over the world. Now, I'm pretty attached to, you know, a musical celebrity and, and, you know, and music and a great musician. So I hear a lot more about music, but I am, I am, I really think that's a kind of an impressive, an impressive thing about Portugal that brings, you know, that they have this variety of 
great musicians and great music that's sort of broken the barrier and people are now beginning to hear it. I, I actually even was talking to somebody who is a DJ who mm-hmm. knew who knew of uh, uh, Nidia, the DJ, and and it was you know he's an LA DJ. So he's oh yeah, I know her. She plays in London and da, 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 you know. It was like, oh, okay, that's cool. Now we get, now we're actually cooking with gas. This is great. So, who do, I, you, who do you follow usually? Who do you listen to? Uh, jazz. I listen to jazz. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, anything really, but mostly mostly jazz, hip hop sometimes, but uh, you know, mostly work. So for jazz for jazz friends, there there is a there is a, a place that is. Jazz fans, fans who come to Lisbon, there is a there is a place that is sort of like um, a must go place, which is Hot Club, mm. which is where all the all the jazz fans gather, and all where all all the good uh, jazz piano players and all the good mm-hmm. jazz drummers and where all the jazz gang gathers here in right. Lisbon. Well, uh, yeah, well, Paulette McWilliams is, is my significant other fiance and she's a, she's, we haven't, she has a new album coming out, which will be going out in July and she's going to be doing a tour in Europe. She's already booked for next year in Austria, Germany and a few other places. And it's just, it's festivals and stuff like that. And I'm very sure she's going to be there because she'll play all the big clubs because of her reputation as a singer. This is so. not a big club. This is a small one, but oh, it's yeah, just yeah. Well, very reputation. When you say big clubs and jazz, it's all about <laughs> reputation. It's not yeah. about size. Yeah. So that's a great thing for this. <laughs> this is great. You were talking about you were talking about fishermen yesterday. So do you want me to talk about uh, where we go for fish and where we go for fishermen around Lisbon and where what we for, for, because for instance when when people come here, they mm-hmm. people always know that. Portugal is a good place for for fish to eat fish mm-hmm. or seafood in general, and so sometimes it's it's Sunday and they say let's go for fish and we say no, and they say why? Because Sunday and Monday are not fish days. <laughs> they say how come? Because fishermen don't fish on Saturdays and Sundays. So how why are we going to have fish on? There's right. no fresh fish. You're gonna eat fish that was fished like two days ago so why are you going to do that to yourself so (laughs) (laughs) yeah the responsibility of having fresh fish yeah exactly so there's a there's this uh sort of like uh we we become very very exquisite with uh very very picky with 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 fish and we me myself for instance i have there's a there there's a lady in the market where i where I go for fish and I usually call her and say Dona Emilia what do you have today right and so I call her and she says what she has you grouper or sea bass or sardines or sardines is not something that that you cook at home because it's very it has a very strong smell and it's very greasy you you grill it you grill them outside Mm -hmm. you have a barbecue and it has to be very very carefully they have to be very carefully grilled with very the um, what do you call them the um, the uh, the wooden the what do you call the um, 
I, what do you call the the, the 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 pieces that you set on fire? What are they called? The wood, wood, the wood, the fire. Yeah, the, the fire the has to. It 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 um it can be ships. fire. Right. Yes, exactly. They have to be almost as we call dead. So they have to be very 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 weak. Yes. Otherwise, they will they will burn the fish. Yeah. So there is a whole science around it too. <laughs> <laughs> There is a there is a whole science around the sardines. Sardines are something that we take very very serious, and yes. we don't eat them before June because they will be uh, they will be frozen and they won't be fresh, mm -hmm. and then they're not fat enough. So right, yeah. There you go. There you go. Well, <laughs> I I want to thank you for doing this. This has been fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. If you liked this episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to rate and review. You can find us on Facebook and at offshoreexplorer.org. You can also listen to past episodes at offshore-explorer.simplecast.com. Our theme song is sung by Paulette McWilliams, with additional music by Tommy Ivisevich. Until next time. Fair winds and calm seas. <laughs>